Jones, right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! Looks, he hits, throws the right yes! side. Yes! Has your mental health ever suffered at the hands of the Green Bay Packers? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Today in Titletown, the safest space for Packers fans. I am your host, Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers, and I'm joined by my co-host, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we are coming back to you with another show coming off of the Packers bye week. Obviously, there's no game to discuss, no game to review, so it's going to be a bit more of a laid-back show. We've got a couple emails, we've got a couple voicemails that you guys send in, your questions, your takes, so that's going to be fun, exciting to go through, and it's going to be... It's going to be a good show. Bron, how are you doing? I'm good, Griffin. Sometimes, you know, the way this season's going, it's okay that really there's not much to talk about because there seems to be something negative to talk about every week. Uh, I think it's, a like you said, a little bit of a breath of fresh air to not have to talk about anything in particular this week. And one thing we will discuss, though, a positive note even as well, is the fact that the Packers, after this week's games where we saw two games go in the Packers' favor in terms of playoff standings, now, some people don't want to hear this, but we will be going into the playoff picture because we have no choice. Uh, we have to be optimistic about this and, and because we need to make this meaningful football for as long as we can because it could be over in a week when we lose, if we lose. So we got to keep it going until we can't. We kind of do have to. We have to be optimistic here, man. We we cover the team in a way on Instagram. We do the podcast. We it's good for the brand if the Packers are good, obviously. So and it's good for the. It's also good for our brand when these games matter. So no matter how low the Packers playoff chances get, in our opinions, these games are always going to matter. Now, Braun, you have been saying for weeks now that you are still a firm believer in the Packers' path to the playoffs. I have been kind of the. Uh, Doubting Thomas, is that it? I, I've not been a believer, but things keep going our way, and now I'm kind of, no, I'm still I'm still not a believer. You know, I kind of, I stuck my flag on the side of the fence of the Packers, it, the season's over, start Jordan Love, and as a stubborn football analyst, I have to, uh, you know, maintain my opinion there, so I still don't think, I don't really believe in the Packers' chances, but it's getting more real now, you know? And I know that since they didn't play this week, we just got to watch other teams lose. The Packers Packers fans are going to be, you know, more optimistic. It's just like the Bears game, Bron. Going into the Bears game, you said, if we win this game, people are going to start doing math. It's the same thing after the bye week, because we win that game, we go into the bye week, we don't play, and we watch all these other teams lose. So now, now fans, a lot of fans are actually like kind of really believing in the Packers' chances this season. Well, yeah, Griffin, the one thing about every everything leads to here is, in terms of the playoffs, we have to win, and it doesn't matter anything else that happens. If we don't win starting this week on a Monday night against the Rams, primetime, a chance for the Packers to really gain that momentum because in this primetime game, we're coming off a win and the rest of a bye week. We're going to be healthy. Romeo Dobbs is going to make his return, and we'll get into that as well. But getting this win against the Rams, who... They've been very good. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They've been very good last year. This year, injuries and things have derailed them. But it would be good to get a win against a team like that with the coaching pedigree of Sean McVay and the defensive pedigree of guys like Aaron Donald and others, Bobby Wagner. I'm not going to mention their cornerback because I don't think he's as good as people say. But I, I think that defense is very good. And that group is something that if we were to go out and have good offensive success against, it's another one of those things. you got to build momentum. We have to keep playing like it's meaningful football, Griff, because it's all we have right now. And we are going to be 
like, let's say everybody just gave up. Rodgers gave up. Everybody gave up, even though we are still mathematically in it. Even We're sitting at 5-8. and eight. Everybody just decides that the season's over. We start Jordan Love, right? Then we're just sitting here talking about nothing. So, to me, this is important. Everything matters because we have a chance. And I will get into it here, Griff, if you want to just start off with some playoff talk. I think that this is more plausible than many people think. And I outlined this on a post um, and it was well received because many people didn't realize that it actually is a little bit more favorable than most people expected. Uh, so Griff, why don't you ask me as a, as a viewer and somebody who really doesn't know as much about the playoff picture as I do, because I study this thing like the SAT in high school. So man, I, I just feel like you, you need to outline a little bit here for the fans and, and I'll hopefully be able to bring some of that to the table and talk about what we need to do. Okay, Bron, I'll be the I'll be the dummy here. I mean, I did see earlier you today... You do that, that really well on a weekly basis, so I just thought it'd be an easy role for you to play. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I saw earlier today <laughs> on Twitter that if the Packers are to win out, if they win the rest of their games this season, finish the season 9-8, and eight, they would have a 60% chance of making the playoffs. So that, that does seem to be the hardest part, the Packers winning four in a row. Um, but well, yeah, like you said, okay, okay. Let me ask you, Bron. Like you, like you asked me to. I'm gonna ask you. Your post made it pretty, uh, pretty clear what needs to happen. Can you tell us what needs to happen for the Packers to make the playoffs? Yeah, Griff. So I guess I'll start. I was gonna say the four games. Let's just get those clear and evident for everybody. We got to go into the Rams on Monday night and win that game. Then it's the Dolphins who looked hot at a previous point, but have struggled as of late on Christmas Day in Miami. So that's gonna be a really tough game. Then it's Minnesota, the Vikings in Green Bay, which is obviously the home home field advantage is helpful, and the Vikings have sputtered at times a little bit, including losing to our final opponent, the Detroit Lions, who we have in Week 18, um, who we previously lost to this season as well. That one is in Detroit. So the, the schedule, it's hard to really worry about the opponents we have in front of us because we really have to get to a different level to win these games. And in my opinion, if we get to that level, it really doesn't matter who we're playing. I'm sure you agree with that, Griff. Uh, th- there will be tough games along the way, but if we want to make the playoffs, we have to get to a certain point where we can really beat anybody in front of us. And, and I think that's... So it doesn't really matter as much to me about who we're playing. I think we have to take that next step. And then whoever we're playing, I feel like we can beat. That's my thing. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I do agree with that. And I think this is an ascending team. Um, you know, their their offensive performance these last this past about month of the season has been really promising. The defense has kind of been holding them back, but we've seen them play better than they have earlier on in this season. And when you're looking at this team as a whole in this season, I mean, Bron, I just asked you before we hit record, who's the worst who who's the worst team that we've lost to this season? Because we had, we had a three-game losing streak where we lose to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. That felt like the end of the world because we thought those teams were all bad. Turns out all three of those teams are in the playoff picture right now. I'd say the Giants are probably the worst team of those three. Then we also right. lose to the we lose to the Buffalo Bills. They're one of the best teams in the league. We lose to the Detroit Lions. Everyone thought that felt like the end of the world, but <laughs> all of a sudden the Lions look like they could be serious contenders, and they're actually ahead of us in the playoff uh, in the playoff seating. So we lose that game 15-9. to I mean, we've seen their offense, the Lions' offense, we've seen their offense look really, really good this season. And we held them to 15 points. Obviously, it doesn't matter because we were only able to put up 9, but we lose to the Lions. I think they're quite good. We lose to the Titans. Eh, 
eh, you don't feel good about that one, but that's a game we could have won. Um, that's a game that if Rodgers just hits the wide open receivers, which he's going to do 99 times out of 100, we probably do win that game. But we lose to the Titans. They're a tough, well-coached team. We lose to the Eagles the following week. The Eagles are the best team in football. And we haven't lost since then. <laughs> that's only one win plus the bye week. But, I mean, when you're looking at these teams that we've we've lost to, it's not like we've really lost to any bad teams you know all these teams are pretty good and we've had a uh we've had a pretty tough schedule here I, I don't know the exact ranking in terms of strength of schedule but braun it feels like this is one of the harder schedules in football that we've played we've played a lot of playoff teams i mean a lot of these teams are playoff teams when you go back to week one the vikings they're in the playoffs the the bucks are going to be in the playoffs the patriots are just outside looking in giants are in the playoffs right now jets are in the playoffs right now same with the commanders the Bills are in the playoffs right now. The Lions are outside looking in. They're ahead of us. Cowboys are in the playoffs. Titans are in the playoffs. Eagles are in the playoffs. <laughs> and then we got to play Miami and Minnesota again and Detroit again. This is a tough schedule, dude. Tough schedule. And yeah, the Packers, they've underperformed this season. They've disappointed a lot of us. But um, I, it just, rather than where it felt like, didn't it feel earlier this season like we were one of the worst teams in the league? I don't, think it, I don't think that's the case. I think we're just middle of the pack. We expected to be a top 10 team like we have been these past few seasons, but I think we fall into middle of the pack. Whereas, you know, week 9, week 10, we, it felt like we were one of the worst teams in the league. But it's all kind of evened out here, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this team is able to put together a, a group of four games where they're able to look really good, and they've got the playoffs on their mind. Rodgers in December, we know how good he gets in December. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're able to go on a little bit of a run here, especially the way the offense has looked. And that's really all they need to do, Griff. And, and we'll get into, now that we've addressed those four games, and uh, we talked about how really the importance of those those teams that we're playing isn't very high, I feel strongly that if we can get this game against the Rams, that things are going to start looking a little different. And here we go. So we, we want to go this week, and we'll get right into it. Um, we need to look at the, the three teams that we need to watch moving forward are the Seattle Seahawks, the Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants. Those are the three teams that are really going to be in the picture ahead of us with without our control. And, and people are going to mention the Detroit Lions, but if we do this and win out and win these final four games, we will be ahead of Detroit due to strength of victory, a tiebreaker in that case. And by beating them at the in the last game, that even and that's if even if they win their their three games before our final matchup in week 18, they won't be in the picture if we can get that that win. So that could be a potential almost a playoff game, if you will, um, in week 18. If we're looking at, you know, the, the commanders have struggled against their schedule, which their schedule is quite tough. And all, the, all three of these teams have tough schedules. Let's look at it here, Griff. So Seattle. The 49ers is this Thursday, and that's a big, big game because we're going to need the 49ers to come out with a win there uh, just for the purpose of trying to get Seattle to lose two of their last four. Uh, so they have the 49ers this so week. So we are then, rooting for the 49ers over the yes, Seahawks on Thursday night. We're going to be okay. rooting for a team we don't usually root for, as Aaron Rodgers said um, this week on the Pat McAfee show. The 49ers Thursday night, that's going to be a game we're going to have to watch here. Then the Seattle Seahawks go and play the Chiefs. Um, in in the following week, which is, you know, that looks like a potential loss as well. So we need them to lose two out of their four remaining games in this in this scenario. 
So that is two games right there you feel like they could lose, especially coming off a loss this past week as well. So is that is that not plausible? And then you go and you watch them play the Jets the following week who are in the playoff picture, Griff, and the Rams. That's a divisional game. And who knows, maybe Cooper Cup could be back and, and things of that nature could occur. So those divisional games you just don't know. But they only need to lose two of those four games, and three of them are, are going to be pretty good games. I would say pretty competitive. And that last one you don't know because it's a divisional game. And then you look at the Giants, who one of these three teams, one of these two teams, excuse me, the Giants and Washington, you need one of those two teams to lose three of their four games. And that's a, that sounds like a bit of a stretch. But the good news is that the Giants and the Washington squad, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they play each other this week. So who, one of those teams is going to lose. And whoever that is, well, we thought that hope. last time. Nah, what did you say? <laughs> we thought that last time they tied. <laughs> That's true. They did. They did tie, which helped us in reality. But this that did not uh, help us. <laughs> it did help us, Griff. Trust me, uh, and because I I know best here. I'm telling you this this Washington game versus the Giants. Whoever loses that, you're pretty much hoping that they continue to lose two more games of their final three. But even if let's say the Giants beat Washington. They could still lose their final three games, theoretically, to the Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. That, but that's just all hypothetical. Here's what the Giants' schedule looks like. Well, like we said, it's, it's Washington and Giants this following week here. And then you've got the Vikings the next week, the Colts after that, and the Eagles. So that looks like, in their final three, the Vikings looks like a potential loss, and the Eagles also looks like a potential loss. And the Colts are playing with everybody right now. Uh, with the way they run the football and things like that. They're always competitive in some of these games, so you never know. But they only need to lose three games of those four. Or Washington needs to lose three of their four games, which is the Giants this week, the 49ers the following week, the Browns with Deshaun Watson the following week, and then the Cowboys in Week 18. So they just need to lose three oh of their God, final dude. four games. The Packers are literally making the playoffs, dude. Are you kidding me right I, now? Look, if we can, Griff, all we need to do is win four games in a row. With this group, it's going to be tough, but we've won four games in the past. That's I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is not dude, a guarantee. Dude, no, it is going to happen. It, oh, stop. Really? It is so. going to happen, dude. This is literally going to happen. Do you feel like it could? No, now I do. Yeah, <laughs> That's just, what I'm saying, Griff. I've been telling you this you all You got week. me into it, bro. This is what so I didn't think about want this. you to do two think weeks ago. Think about this. Griff, who do you think is going to win, the Giants or Washington? Oh, I know, dude. When you go game by game, just looking at like who's favored on the sports books. If all these games break our way, meaning all the the favorites are going to win, then they we don't make even the have playoffs, to. Griff, other than really. our four game win streak. I know what you're saying, right? They really don't even have to. But because in these scenarios, there's options. I feel like there's options. So who do you think is going to win this Washington Giants game? I would give that to uh, Washington. Okay, I would agree, right? So now you're hoping that with the Giants losing that first game. That they can lose, they they will then need to lose two of their final three. So you look at their schedule, and we'll talk about it again. It's the Vikings next week. If they lost to the Washington football squad just before, they're probably going to lose to the Vikings. Do we agree? The Vikings. You never know with the Vikings. No. Okay, let's say. All right, you want to give them a win against the Vikings? That would be a little more complicated. But you want these games to. You. We're trying. We're hoping for some for some action here. So. The, We'd the be rooting team, heavily for Minnesota there. The favored team would be Minnesota. You're rooting for Minnesota as a Packers fan in right, this case. Right. 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 Let's say they lose that game. 
Then they just need to lose one of their final two, Colts. Yeah. And even if they win that Eagles. game, season's not over quite yet. Because then we would just be big Colts fans the following week. But this is and all... If not, this is, right, all hypothetical. But then, if like let's say they beat the Colts in Week 17. We have to hope that the Eagles don't rest a ton of their starters and play the Giants to some degree and and get that mm. win. And then we're Oh, in. that could get weird. Yeah, that could get weird. So let's say Washington, wow, right? Washington really wins weird. this game. Washington wins this game, Griff. Let's say that So I feel like out. maybe we should root for New York in this one. Hold on. There's more. Let's say the Giants lose this game, right? Let's look at Washington's schedule. Washington wins this first week, right, against the Giants. The 49ers, let's say they lose that game the following week. Then Washington plays the Cleveland Browns. Let's say Deshaun Watson starts to get it together. And the Browns are a pretty good football team. Let's say they lose that game as well. And then they play the Cowboys in the final week. That could be three losses in a row for Washington, and that's not crazy, even after they won this game against the Giants. There is there's so many problems with this, though, because the the Cowboys are also pretty much already locked into the five seed, so they could be resting players. The Eagles are going to be probably resting players week 18 against the Giants. But I think, here's my opinion on this. Let me interrupt you. Here's my opinion on this. I think people have seen the Green Bay Packers do this resting thing, and it hasn't worked out well, and other teams have done it. I'm pretty sure that these teams are going to keep playing their players for the most part, and probably until they get a big enough lead or something where they can sit out. In, in the final moments. That's what Green Bay did. I think, remember we changed... The Cowboys rested players changing, last year. But Green Bay started theirs, and then once we got to a point where we felt like we had played enough to keep the the, the, the dust off, we sat Aaron Rodgers and other guys, and Jordan went in and whatever against the Lions. And then we lost. I mean, teams are looking at this and saying, we need to keep these guys in. And I, I think that could be in it. But look, there are issues. These are all hypotheticals. We don't know what's going to happen. The, the Cowboys could and this lose a is also games. it's all dependent on this the, also the Seattle Seahawks losing too, right? So again, give me the Seahawks schedule again. It's San Fran. It's the 49ers this week tomorrow Sunday uh, Thursday night. 49ers are favored by game. three in that game, and it's in Seattle. That's a big deal. Yes, Brock Purdy is actually questionable as well, so there's a little bit of a complication. Hopefully he plays. That would be uh, I, I'm assuming he'll play. But this is, uh, this is a big game for us because if, if the Niners can get this win, then Seattle only needs to lose one of their final three games. And they play the Chiefs the next week. So, and then the Jets, who are a decent enough team to try and get a win. But if they, again, now it becomes problematic when, let's say, Seattle wins against the Niners. Then, it, then you have to hope that the Chiefs and Jets or Rams can get a win. I'd have to look at all different other scenarios that assume the Seattle Seahawks make it. Then you, I think it comes down to then you need to hope that the Giants and Washington both lose three out of four, which is tough to say would happen. But who knows? You know, those are things I'd have to look into a little more. But it's hard to summarize this whole thing in in so many words, Griff. But it is. It seems plausible. I, I think. was impressed with your graphic the other day. I mean, that's a lot to put into one graphic. It job. took a lot of work to figure that out. It, to like, I I was on the ESPN playoff machine and different other models and things like that, trying to figure out the probabilities and things like that, and going through every game, seeing what impact Green Bay and what doesn't, because it would have been very reasonable with Detroit being ahead of Green Bay and already beating them earlier this year to assume that they were going to have an impact, or we were going to have to root against them or whatever the case is. But after doing that research and, and seeing that Green Bay can win all four of their games, including that last game against Detroit, 
and then also have Detroit win their first three games before that game, and then it still wouldn't be a factor. So that's a good thing. We don't have to worry about Detroit in any sense, apart from that final game in Week 18. So this kind of changes everything that I've been saying about Jordan Love, in a way, um, about wanting to play Jordan Love, because now it does feel like the Packers' chances are kind of real. Um, but the hardest part is going to be winning our own games. That's going to be that's the hardest, the hardest part. Because I, I, I feel like, based off probability and likelihood, and even if you want to go to the Vegas spreads, Vegas spreads just line these games up and predict them based on who would be favored and assume Green Bay wins their four games, Green Bay's going to make the playoffs because these yeah. the, the Niners are favored, the Chiefs would be favored for the Seattle Seahawks. That would end that. The I mean, Giants the probability, should, if we finish 9-8, the probability is 60%. 60%. Right. That is 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 times we're making the playoffs. Thanks for the math there, Griff. That was that was key. Yeah, good math and, by uh, me. I don't know if you knew 60%. Yeah, whatever. But winning <laughs> winning four in a row is going to be a tall task for this team. That's the hardest thing. But that's the good thing. It feels like we almost control our own destiny, at least, as you know, right now it feels like that. Things, you know, one one slip up here by the, by the uh, 49ers tomorrow, and it could get a little different. But we're going to be rooting for the Niners tomorrow, and if that game goes as planned... We win this game. Things start to look very good for Green Bay just based on the fact that some of these outcomes look likely, and then Green Bay now just has to worry about winning their game week by week. And that's all you can do, Griff. We can only get, we have to get excited. We have to hope these things matter because we're not just going to sit here and, and give up because it's not the Green Bay way. And I, I want to see <laughs> us win, and I want to make the playoffs. And as, even the smallest, littlest chance. With Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, and if we're still wearing the G on these helmets, and we're still playing in Green Bay, I think we have a shot. And I don't care what the percentage, the tables, the math, I don't care what any of it says. I feel like Green Bay's got a, got a shot, especially with Aaron Rodgers, number 12, oh, throwing boy. that thing at quarterback. Can you imagine if we make the, the playoffs, dude? Are you kidding me? It would be special, but we gotta, we have to win this game against the Rams, and we haven't been able to beat... Many teams this year, as you know, Griff, trying, <laughs> no, to, yeah. <laughs> trying to win four games in a row after winning five through 14 weeks is certainly a task. <laughs> certainly not going to be That's easy, but you have to, feel like, you have to feel like it's possible because let's go back to 2016 because everybody's done it all year long at every point we've lost. Nobody, I felt, I was one of these people doing what I'm doing right now, very optimistic, I was telling everybody I felt like they could do it. When Rodgers said that, I was like, I think they're going to. I just, I, for some reason, I just, and nobody really thought, right? But that talent, that team had different talent and things like that. But everybody said it was over. And I just, I wanted to give them a chance. Like, you got to give them a chance and you have to have hope. Especially because we're the Green Bay Packers and we have Aaron Rodgers. That's that's just, it's too much to just sit down and give up for me. We always have a chance with him at quarterback. So we play the Rams on Monday night. Then we go to Miami on Christmas. Vikings at home, Lions to close out the year in Detroit. Ah, dude, that is winning all those games. It's going to have to look like we're going to have to look like a different team coming out of the bye. Because even against Chicago, a game we won and a game we scored 28 points, the offense was ugly for most of that game against a really bad defense. Yeah, Griff, it was. The offense needs to pick it up just like the defense needs to pick it up. But hopefully this bye did everybody some good, a little bit of a de-stressing, and hopefully there's a new sense of hope as well because things didn't look as promising for playoffs as they do now, even though the chances are still slim, right? Go to any little predicting model or whatever, and it'll tell you we have like a 5%, 6% chance. But 
you play out these games and you start to look at some of these things and it looks a little more likely. And the players know that. Aaron Rodgers knows that. He talked about that there's a sense of hope and it feels like it too. At least in the fan base, there's a, there's a little bit of an uptick and, and we try to do that as well. We try to bring that because like I said, all we can do is hope and because these games have to matter for as long as we can we can keep it that way. And the offense needs to step it up. The defense needs to step it up. They got a big rest after not having any rest, including a London trip, all these things. They haven't gotten a bye week since that that final week four of the preseason that nobody plays anymore. So they are very, very tired, but they get this bye week. They get to relax a little bit. A lot of stress, a lot of, you know, duress and, and a lot of a lot of criticism of the team this year. They got to de stress a little bit and hopefully they come out fresh, rejuvenated, and hoping to try to get into a spot where they can make the playoffs. Yeah, going game by game like that, it does help probably fool me into uh, having a little bit of faith here, which is, if you listened to two episodes ago, Bron, this is exactly what I told you I didn't want you to do. This is exactly what I didn't want you to do to yourself, but now you've done it to both of us because (laughs) I have have faith, which is, it's a dangerous thing to have. I'm ready to get hurt again, Griff. It, it, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Okay. I bet you guys are sick of hearing our voices. So, Bron, let's jump into the voicemails here with our first one. It's coming from David. Hey, this is David, and I'm calling in to say the Packers have a real shot here to make the playoffs. They do. They need a win out, um, have a few things go into place, but they need to focus on winning out. Don't focus on the other teams because everything will go into place if they do their job. Um, first off, they need to run the ball effectively every game they play from now on, here and out. And Christian Watson is going to have to have continue to have amazing games, and we can win. Um, Joe Barry needs to get that defense, though, in check. If that defense continues to really, like, that Eagles game, nah, it's not going to work. So they're going to have to strengthen up. But um, pretty much, like, that's my statement. We, we got to... We got to just run the ball effectively, keep going, coach well, and we'll we'll do just fine. I think we we can win it. I mean, at the Dolphins is hard, Vikings hard, Lions hard, still tough schedule, but let's just keep going. I'm ready. Go Pack Go. See, Griff, David has some hope, and I think a lot of fans do, even though maybe there's definitely some that just want to focus on the offseason and feel like even if we get in the playoffs – there's no hope for us to really do anything with it, and it only hurts our draft position. And some people feel like that, but I want to win. I, I want to do whatever it takes to have a shot to win this thing. And David outlines it well. There's some things they have to start doing. First of all, he says get the defense in check. I agree. There's a lot of things they got to do better. Um, they can't keep allowing these big plays, especially guys like Jair and guys you expected to be locking down on a weekly basis that aren't doing it. Not all of that has to do with Joe Barry. Jair has to start playing like the corner that we know he is. And it, it, it's the same with all these other guys. Devondre has to start tackling better, and he just got back. But it's just all of these things. Rasul has to really start locking up like he did last year. So whatever it is, it's a combination of Joe Barry's scheme and the players not playing up to standard. Hopefully that all switches once we get this little mindset change from the bye week. And then running the ball. We have to do it effectively, and there's games that we've done it recently, I feel like, and the offensive line getting healthier and, and playing well has been the key. I don't know what the situation with David is. It may He may not even play, but 
we'll be fine. <laughs> I still think. I Go still figure. think we'll be okay. Yeah, surprise, surprise. But no, I, I, I still think we'll be okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm. Jo- I have to say, I'm joking. Yeah, uh, I, well, I, I. Of course, we're people, joking because uh, of course, this is the joking, appendectomy. But... Still, this is still the appendectomy, which we we discussed at length. But um, yeah, run the ball better. That's a key. And then we just got to coach well and, and let Aaron play right and Christian Watson keep playing well. Romeo Dobbs return. And everything will start to fall into place, I hope. And, and David David outlined it well there, so thank you for that voicemail. The run game is the one thing that in our good games on offense this season, we've seen a lot of it had to do with the run game success. But uh, the problem is our interior offensive line, I have serious questions about, especially in the run game, because Josh Myers, John Runyon, um, Elton Jenkins, they're all pretty good in pass protection. Elton Jenkins is good in the run game, too. I think he's sometimes better in the run game than he is in the pass game. But particularly when you're looking at the right side of the line, Josh Nyman, John Runyon, and Josh Myers at center, they all struggle heavily in the run game. And it it really hinders our offensive success because this is an offense that's supposed to be built around, not built around the run game, obviously we have Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of Matt LaFleur's schematics rely on the run game being successful. And we've seen it against mainly bad defenses this this season. We've seen the run game uh, play well, but in a lot of games, they, particularly those three offensive linemen have really struggled in the run game. So I think it's. I think it's. If we're gonna look really good on offense in these next four games, I think it's gonna have to be Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are just a fantastic pairing, and it makes our receiving core look so much better than it did at the halfway point of this season. Um, but yeah, otherwise, great, great voicemail there, David. I mean, it really highlights a lot of things that we just spent a while talking about to open this show. So thank you for the voicemail, as always. Um, quick side note, if you want to leave a voicemail, get featured on the show, you can do that by calling the number 920-430-0711. Call that number, wait for it to stop ringing, leave a voicemail. A lot of people, Ron, I always say that, but I think a lot of people don't don't realize that you got to wait for it to stop ringing because I've gotten a couple messages that are like, why didn't you guys pick up? <laughs> Gotta wait for it to stop ringing. Leave a voicemail, and uh, you might get featured on the show. Or you can email us at todayintitletown at gmail.com. Speaking of email, I'm going to move on to an email here. This comes from Tad Martinson, and I think this is an interesting point here. He says, Do you think our defense deserves the blame it receives? I mean, they'll force a punt, Amari Rodgers will fumble the punt, and the defense has to come back out in the red zone this time, and they give up a touchdown. Our offense puts up three first-half points that cannot possess the ball, and our defense gets blamed. Obviously, they were bad against Tennessee and Philly, but overall, they've played well. Also, we can't blame Joe Barry for the missed tackles and poor play by Alexander. He gets beat deep, and we blame Barry, but who doesn't want Alexander one-on-one? Now, that is... I say that's an interesting point because it's one that is very different from anything else that we've heard from Packers fans on this show this season. And it's very different from what we have talked about a lot this season. Um, He's basically making the point, a good point I'd say, that the defense hasn't been as bad as a lot of people think they have been this season. And Braun, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Well, Griff, something I mentioned not too long ago, probably one of our previous few shows, is that the offense putting the defense in bad positions... That's part of it. I, I certainly think the defense is not being helped at all by the way that the offense has played this year. And that's certainly, like I said, a large deal. Uh, when the offense can't move the ball, the defense is coming out quickly, and the defense is being put in bad spots in terms of field position. There's been a lot of situations where Green Bay has failed to convert on a fourth down, and, and just like these little things that make it a lot worse. When we watch this defense 
come up with stretches where they play pretty good ball. And, and like we said, they, they allowed one of the better offenses at the time, Detroit, to 15 and only 15 points. And they're holding these other teams the second half against the Bills. They only allowed three points in that half. These are things that the defense can do well at times, but the offense has to start playing a little more complimentary football. And when we do that, like we did in the fourth quarter of the Chicago Bears game, that's when we start to put it together and play like a really good football team like we've seen over the past three years in Green Bay. So to answer that question, I'd say, yes, that's that's certainly a big deal. The most frustrating thing about the Packers defense, and this goes back years, is that they will look good against bad offenses. They're going to look good against bad quarterbacks. They're going to look good against bad offensive play callers. But it feels like anytime we go into a big game, like against the Buffalo Bills or against the Philadelphia Eagles, you just know for a fact that they are going to be burnt toast. And you just know that our defensive coordinator, whether it be Joe Barry or Mike Patton or Dom Capers, if you want to go back that far, you just know that they are going to be outcoached and outclassed on the headset. And there's really, you go into every single one of those games thinking that the offense just has to be perfect if we want to get out of here with a W. And that's still the case because we look good against the Giants, or not the Giants, we looked terrible in that game, but we looked good against the Jets. The offense just couldn't score points that game. But we looked good defensively. Guess what? That's Zach Wilson, a terrible, terrible quarterback. And then we go into Buffalo two weeks later and we get walked on for the first half. And that's one of the, that's, I think that's just the worst thing. And I think it's the most telling thing about why a change needs to be made. And I said the same thing about Mike Pettin in his final two seasons that I, yeah, the offense or the defense has their high moments. They have their moments where they look good. They have their games where they look really good. But we we need to be better than that. We need to be better than we are. And looking at the talent that we have, I just know that we are not getting the most out of this talent as we can be. But I I think this email does make good points about they it, the defense hasn't quite been as bad as a lot of people, you know, would think that they have been this season. A lot of people are acting like they are the reason that we suck. It's more 50-50, I think. I think it's probably a little bit more, I think a little bit more blame has to go to the offense, honestly, because of games like the Jets game and the Commanders game, where the defense put us in a position where we were, we should have been able to win those games. We should have been able to win the Giants game even, and they didn't play well against the Giants, you know? So I think that, I think the offense is a little bit more to blame for this season's struggles, but that's not to say that defense has been perfect because as we all know they have struggled in what seems like always the worst possible spots this season griff you think baker mayfield will rush for 100 yards this week (laughs) dude it might happen it really might happen (laughs) let's go on to the next voicemail what's up boys just calling in today to uh discuss a talking point that's been going around the fan base for quite some time now since rumors of and discussions of joe bear getting fired have uh commenced so I want to hear your guys' thoughts on, say, bringing in a experienced D.C. like Vic Fangio compared to a guy like Jim Leonard in the college ranks. Uh, he's never coached in the NFL, is in a uh, Patton scheme style uh, defense, has played in a Mike Patton defense. So I just want to hear your thoughts on the differences between the two and what you guys think is best for this upcoming year and for the future years from before beyond. 
Thanks. Now, this one is certainly interesting because I think when you're looking at, when you look around the fan base, I think a lot of Packers fans want Jim Leonard as the Packers defensive coordinator simply because he uh, used to be used to be the coaching at Wisconsin, right? I th- that has to have something to do with it. Um, but to be honest with you, um, I do not know exactly what Jim Leonard does well as a defensive play caller. Um, and as I said I, well, on the Griff, last show... I think show, this is a great question for that reason because... There's the it's almost the intangible things of of these situations that both were in, like if you're looking at a, a guy who has coached already at that level versus a guy who hasn't yet, and it's just those situation really. Uh, we tried the retread with with Joe Barry. We tried that, and and maybe that's maybe you know those are the things you consider. We just did a retread. Maybe you want to look at somebody younger, a guy that was Matt Lafleur's first choice. So it's an interesting topic, I would say for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. It's going to be a fun conversation to have this off season, assuming that we do move off of Barry, which is not a guarantee. But assuming that we do, it's going to be it's going to be fun to talk about potential candidates, and that's when you know Braun, we're both going to dig more into the tape. We're going to dig into the stats. What do these guys do well? But as of right now, I mean, I said it last week, Braun. I, I still think this: the a defensive coordinator, you're not hiring them for the same reasons that for what you look for in an offensive coordinator. When you when you hire an offensive coordinator, you're thinking about how do they how are they going to work with my quarterback? How are they going to are we going to run more? Are we going to pass more? What's the offensive identity going to be but on defense not all all defenses are not the same schematically but they are more similar I would say than um, offenses are so when you're looking for a defensive coordinator you're thinking more about the person you're thinking about the the coach how is he going to educate your players how is he going to bring up your young draft picks I think that's more what you're looking for and so in that case I, I don't think that the lack of NFL experience that a guy like Jim Leonard has, I don't think it's that big of a deal because a coach is a coach and he's he's old, you know, he's an adult, right? So uh, I think he has coaching experience and I think a lot of that can translate to the NFL. Griff, I've talked a lot about what I want in our next defensive coordinator and, and it largely has to do with whoever it is doing whatever it takes to get to know these guys that we have already because I think this group is really good uh, from a talent standpoint. They need to get to know these guys on an individual level and then find out where they can put them in the best chance to succeed, put them in those positions where they can thrive with their skill sets and not try to plug them into holes that are in a scheme that these stubborn coaches want to to fulfill and just run whatever scheme that they... I want somebody who's adaptable to the players we have, the talent we have, what's at their disposal and not try to just make do with what they have in a scheme that may not fit all these players because maybe some of them didn't run it maybe some of them are better utilized in a different style I want some adaptability and accountability is another thing that I'd like to see in our next defensive coordinator so whether it's a younger a younger coach in the college ranks who has a little more experience getting to know players on a personal level and maybe is a little more adaptable or if it's a, a guy like Vic Fangio or, or Brian Flores or whoever, somebody who has a little more pedigree, some maybe more leadership qualities, command of a room, whatever it is, you know, we'll have to figure out what those main key components of our next defensive coordinator will be. And I think that, like you said, that'll be a fun conversation to start to dissect really what will matter most, especially when comparing those two fields of college and the NFL. I have to say, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about the future right now than I have in quite a few weeks, Braun, and I think a lot of that is thanks to you, and I'm hoping that our listeners feel the same way. I'm hoping our listeners had 
kind of a uh, an experience like I just did tonight where you break it down the way you did and it seems like the Packers' path to the playoffs is quite plausible. And then beyond that, defensive coordinator conversation, that's going to be really fun. And also, here's another thing. I was thinking, I've been thinking that we're going to end up with a top 10 pick. Rodgers is going to finish out this season, and we only have four games left. We're 5-8. and eight. Let's say we finish... The five and eleven, or no, that would be five and twelve. Let's say we finish five and twelve. That's still going to be like a eleven overall pick at most, in my opinion. So uh, the draft pick situation is unfortunately, if if you're rooting for a good draft pick, I think we're we're too far gone on that one. But um, the way you laid out the playoff picture, now that is what I'm going to be obsessing over for the next several weeks. So we are big 49ers fans tomorrow night. When you're listening to this, it's probably tonight. Big 49ers fans over the Seattle Seahawks, and then. Um, yeah, we've got a few more good games coming up in the future. So it's going to be a fun, fun final stretch of the season, last quarter of the season here. Rodgers, he's always at his best in December. So we know we're going to get him playing at his best. So the Packers' chances overall, I like him. I do, which is so funny because I didn't want to be here. And I wasn't here maybe an hour ago. But now I do like the Packers' chances. So thank you, Braun, for that. And with that, we are going to end it. So thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, a little bit shorter than usual. But if you've listened this far, we still really appreciate you. If you want to send us feedback, you can DM us on Instagram at Today in Titletown. If you want to get featured on the show, you can call us at 920-430-0711. Call that number. Wait for it to stop ringing. Then leave a voicemail. And uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at todayintitletown at gmail.com. Rate us five stars on Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that. And you can follow me on Instagram at alldaypackers. Braun on Instagram at lambo.leapers. And that is everything. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week talking about the Packers' hopeful victory over the Los Angeles Rams in Green Bay. So that'll be fun. Stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go! This was a little Today in Titletown therapy session, and we got a little positive vibes coming out of it, and I hope all Packers fans do who listened, and we appreciate you for listening. Same time next week. Mm-hmm.